Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord and welcome back to In Divine Ministries with the Teshuva Call. Glory be to God. My name is Apostle Olena McQueen of In Divine Ministries. And we want to thank everyone who's listening in the archives. Uh, glory be to God. Uh, our song that we introed it with was Greater is Coming by Jacqueline Carr. Your greater is coming. Amen. Glory be to God. We want to believe God by faith. Amen. Glory be to God that greater things are coming for us. We're no longer going to be the back seat. Amen. He said he met us the head and not the tail. Amen. Glory be to God. Greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Amen. Glory be to God. Tonight's lesson, we're going to begin with the historical overview of replacement theology and super supersession. Amen. Glory be to God. And then we'll go over to our prayer session when this is completed. Uh, glory be to God. I would want to thank Pastor James A. Moore. Amen. From Kansas City, Missouri. We want to bless the Lord for this man of God who is teaching not just this Teshuva call, but uh, giving us little bits and pieces, little tidbits of the Torah. Amen. Glory be to God. We, we thank him for these teachings. Amen. It's an awakening to the spirit. Hallelujah. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. And we also thank God for Dr. Prophetess Decorah Slaughter, amen, glory be to God. This woman of God has been faithful every night, and we want to bless the Lord for her, amen, Uh, hallelujah. Uh, Now I'm going to turn over, amen. Oh, you know what? I, I hear you, Lord. He said, is there a testimony in the house tonight? Amen. Glory be to God. Uh, Do anybody have a testimony that they need to share? Amen. Glory be to God. Because I know if I had to testify, I would say, once again, God has given me a greater day in him. Amen. What a brighter day. Amen. As Kurt Franklin said, what a wonderful day it was in him. Amen. Glory be to God. Uh, Stress is, is befalling the daycare center where I work but I know God is bringing peace. Amen. Sometimes things have to be torn apart before God can rebuild it. So I'm thanking God for what he's doing in this season. Amen. Is there anybody else with a testimony today? Uh, this is uh, Prophetess Slaughter. Can't talk thank you. Now because I'm in the hallway of the hospital. Uh, just thanking and praising God for my daughter's health. The baby still hasn't came yet. It seemed like she's stuck at four centimeters, but... Uh, we know God does all things well. Uh, Amen. With you all. Uh, again, I won't be able to chime in because I don't have my headset with me, and so I'll have to hold it up to my ear instead of putting it on speakerphone. But um, oh. I do want you all, if you can, uh, when you pray for repentance or whatever, just add my name to it. Uh, if you can, and my family, pray for my family too. So that I won't be left out, I will be praying in, uh, on my end uh, quietly. But I just ask you all to include me in that. And last but not least, again, I told you all that my husband is stepping out on faith uh, to go to his job tomorrow. They told him today that uh, he could be fired tomorrow. And he's like, well, 
I'm going to leave at a certain time. Yeah, I have to do what you have to do, and I have to do what I have to do. See, so, you don't have to uh, believe I'm it. You've already received it. The job is here. Uh, Amen. That, conf- so, is, um, that job is his. Receive the confirmation that the job is his. There's no if, ends, or buts about it. There ain't going to be no turnaround. God is rewarding your faithfulness. Amen. Glory be to God. He is rewarding the change that is within you. He is rewarding, amen, every step you make. And every change that you have done, you have gotten higher and higher in him. So that job belongs to him. That's his job. Tell him to claim it. Tell him to say, I'm going to work today. He needs to speak life into that situation. And and tell him, cast all doubt and fear back to the enemy. Amen. Because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a sound mind and a sound spirit. Amen. Glory be to God. That job is his. So when he wake up in the morning... Tell him, say, say, oh, you're getting dressed to go to work today, baby, and tell him he needs to say yes. Amen. Glory be to God. It's, it's something when we don't ride. We, listen, I have to say this because of too many times we can talk ourselves out of receiving a million dollars. We'll look at it and go, what strings are attached to it? There's no strings attached. You can have it. You can take it. You can do whatever you want. You can bless the world. And the first thing you're thinking about is, uh, well, you must want something. I can't take it. It doesn't look clean. And, you know, glory be to God, we talk ourselves out of blessings that God is trying to give us because we're so used to dealing with negativity. Amen. Glory be to God. And I, I just want people to understand and believe that this is a season of open door blessings. Can we say that? Open door blessings. Why? Because when that door is open, the blessing is there. Amen. He said, I will open doors that no man can shut, and I will shut doors that no man can open. Amen. Glory be to God. So this is a season where we can speak life into dead situations. We need to be on fire. And what I needed to get back to was back to David. Um, The reason why I'm saying this is this. Uh, David, after he went through the battle, amen, glory be to God, came home, and him and his uh, men that he went out with, they came back happy and joyous because they went and they won that victory of the war that they was in. But when they came back home, they found their home burned down. They found the women was gone. They found the children was gone. They found their spoils was gone. They found out that they had no cattle, no sheep, no no horses, no nothing. They had pillaged the town and took everything. And I tell can I, can you, I say can I say something, please? Because I get back to uh, I'm sorry, but can I say something? Uh-huh. What, I was, what I was trying to say, because I can't speak real loud. No, he's not doubting, and neither am I. But I know that it's safety in numbers. So while we're praying, I was just saying, if you all could just pray, you know, that it it continues to go the way that the Lord wants it to go. Because the enemy is mad, but we don't care nothing about him. Uh, two, my praise report is when my husband came home today. He said, baby, he said, how do I get the Bible to talk to me? He said, can you pull it up? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, what do you want to read? He said, Proverbs 1. 
And I said, Proverbs 1? He said, yeah. He said, I want to read Proverbs. So I put it on there, and he honey, he sat with it, and he walked with it and listened to it and, and you know, let it read to him. He found a way to defeat the devil. Amen. That's the best way. I'm excited. I'm excited because again, he's making the step. He's doing it. He he promised me yesterday that he was going to make this new step today to get into his word again and all this, and he has done exactly what he said. And so for that, I'm grateful. So I'm ready to go back in here and and see what they're doing because they just two just uh, two nurses just went in there. So God bless y'all. I will be on the call as much as I can, but I probably won't say anything. God bless. God bless. Thank you. Amen. Glory be to God. No, we touch and agree with her. Amen. Glory be to God. We touch and agree for our husband. But the reason why I was saying that it was not for her and him. Amen. Glory be to God. I just wanted people to know there's a time and a place where you're going to have to encourage yourself. And that's what David had to do. Amen. Glory be to God. He had to encourage himself because his the men that he was with was a that with him. Amen. Glory be to God. And they began to call him names and, and speak down on him. And he almost went into a place where he could hide himself. And that's what a lot of us do. I want you to be encouraged this day. I want you to learn how to encourage yourself. I want you to learn how to encourage yourself to receive a blessing from God. Because sometimes we look at the blessing, we don't even know it's from him. Amen. We think somebody has uh, other things attached to it or they, you know, they must have done something to it. But God is trying to bless you. Amen. Glory be to God. Uh, In this season of repentance, where we're repenting for our sins, there is a reward for that. Amen. There is such a reward that that money could not give it to you. Amen. Glory be to God. But God can give you the peace, the tranquility, the the safety. Uh, It brings so much when you do teshuva. Father, I thank you for this. Uh, We're going to be reading, amen, the historical overview. And uh, let us remember to pray. When we open up in prayer, we're going to pray for the twins to come into this world safe, safe and sound. Amen. Every limb in place. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Father, no problems with the heart, the lungs, the kidneys. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The spine is straight. Hallelujah. Every toe in place, every hand in place, every finger in place, God. Two eyes, two ears, one nose and one mouth, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, glory be to God. We thank you for these beautiful twins that's coming in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I've been talking so much. I'm going to turn this over to Pastor James A. Moore. We appreciate him today. And we're going to over to this historical overview, the replacement theology, supersession. Amen. Thank you, Pastor James A. Moore. Amen. Amen. Uh, The article actually begins... On page 36, the myth of replacement theology. Uh, uh, that's where I'm going to start reading. And uh, may the Lord be praised. 
Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Nowhere does Christianity betray its indebtedness to Judaism more than in its supersessionist. Uh, that's a quote from John Levinson. Uh, supersessionism will be defined a little bit later. It, well, it's actually, it's another word for replacement theology. That, okay. Uh, that Christians replace Judaism. One of the most damaging doctrines to the spiritual health of the church is rarely understood and scarcely addressed. Replacement theology or supersessionism is the belief system that teaches that Christians have replaced Jews as the true chosen people with whom God will uphold his covenant and bestow his blessing. If that were true, then God would not be um, faithful to his promises that he made in the Old Testament. Um, because he said that uh, he would forever be with uh, with the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes. Like a cancer festering in the body of believers, this ideology has inundated nearly every facet of, of church uh, psyche. Scholars identify ten key tenets of replacement theology. The New Testament replaced the Old Testament, and I have heard that. Never understood how anybody could say that. But how do the how could you replace the New Testament with the Old Testament? I mean, there's so much history in the Old Testament. I mean, even some of it does repeat in the New Testament, but when you get to the New Testament, there this it's an addition, it's not a subtraction. Right. And it's really not even addition. It's a uh, uh, explanation, I guess, is the best way uh, way to put it. Uh, um, explaining what Torah means in a, uh, under the New Covenant or Renewed Covenant. Uh, the second is Christianity replaced Judaism. Um, Again, I just I've never really understood that because Christianity is uh, a product of Judaism, like a child. And yes, sometimes children replace their parents, but not like they teach this. Uh, Greek names replace Hebraic, uh, uh, a lot of uh, in, uh, in the Greek New Testament. Uh, the name, uh, Greek name were used, uh, replaced the actual Hebrew name for the apostles, for uh, different people. Um, for some reason. The church replaced the synagogue. Again, that's The church and the synagogue is the same thing, sort of. It's the gathering of God's people. Right. Uh, but what in the synagogues, uh, what, am I, what am I getting ready to say? Because when you think about a synagogue, 
you would think that there would be more accuracy in the history of God when you go into a synagogue. The teaching is better. It's teachable. It's not preaching. The teaching that they give there is accurate um, up to the point uh, of Messiah. Messiah has come, and he's coming again. Um, And um, the Jews are still looking for his first coming, not recognizing that that it's actually true coming. but the teaching that they give on Torah is very good. Uh, worship that they have in synagogue is very similar to what they have in church. They have singers. Some of them have dancers. Um, they have prayers. They have scripture readings. They have, and they have sermons. Good biblical sermon. Mm. They say that Sunday replaced the Sabbath. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, replaced Passover, the festival of unleavened bread, and first three, the first three, uh, three of the four springtime festivals. I never knew that there was a first fruit festival. Is there an actual festival that somebody can go to for the first fruits, or is they just saying uh, first fruits there festival? There are three, and they are not differentiated in the scripture. It's hard to really figure out what they're saying. You have to uh, really study it and understand what they're doing. Uh, but the one that's spoken of here is the one that is during Passover week. The Passover occurs right at the beginning of the barley harvest. So they have a first fruit offering, a first fruit festival. Uh, uh, the festival that they have, it's really just a religious ceremony that they do in the temple. And uh, what do they do it on the morning after the Sabbath after Passover, which would be Sunday morning, which is when uh, most Christians understand that Jesus rose from the dead. It's when his grave was discovered to be empty. Which they thought he died on a Friday and rose on a Sunday. That's still like three days. <laughs> uh, well, there are some that say he died on Thursday, uh, and there's also um, many people, and Maryland is one of them, and that's the next item on this list, Sunday Resurrection replaced Sabbath Resurrection. Uh, uh, I don't know when he rose from the dead. I just know that around sunrise, uh, just after sunrise, the women came to the to the uh, to the uh, tomb and found the stone rolled away and the uh, guards all gone. Uh, 
So, so and this is and this is where we have been aired because we've got Christmas on a uh, a set day, one day out the year as his birthday. And then here we are with his resurrection. We got another set day for his resurrection. And, and then anything else that comes along with it, it, it's all in error because the calendars are inaccurate. Right. Well, the date of Easter is not the same as the date of the Sunday after Passover. Um, and that's a, another, uh, that was, um, um, something that it was made into church law under, uh, Emperor Constantine because, um, um, he didn't like the Jews, and uh, he didn't want to look like he was uh, celebrating Passover. So he decided that to, uh, to celebrate the resurrection on the feast day of a Eastern European, uh, Eastern Eastern European goddess that's equivalent to uh, Astarte or Asherah which is in the Old Testament and caused a whole lot of problems. Remember the Baals and the Asherahs? Caused a whole lot of problems with the Israelites. So, and uh, the way they calculate the date for Easter is the first Sunday after um, the first full moon after the spring equinox. When Passover is actually um, the first full moon after the first new moon after the spring equinox. Uh, There could actually be two full moons. Sometimes, and this year was one of them, Easter is a month early, a month before uh, it's supposed to be before Passover. So, it's way off. Um, Constantine was a worshiper of the sun god, so he declared that that Sunday was going to be the day of worship for the god that he had decided that he was going to pretend to worship. You pretend. <laughs> well, he never really, I mean, he just, <laughs> it didn't change his life at all. He just, instead of going to the temple of the sun god, he went to the, um, he went to church. But his life never changed. And that's what the word Sunday means. It's the day of the sun god. Right. Actually, Saturday is the day of the god Saturn. That's why I, I normally use the word Sabbath rather than Saturday. I try to. The, the Sabbath guy. 
All of the days of the week are named after a God or goddess. Every single one of them. So, um, but then again, that's another subject, and, and uh, um, my, uh, my my series on the uh, calendar. Uh, Christians replace the Jews as God's chosen people. Um, well, Christians are God's chosen people only because they are grafted in with the Jews who really are God's chosen people. So they didn't replace anything. They just were included. Right. Because now we have that opportunity because of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Right. Well, Antioch and Alexandria replaced Jerusalem. I was taught in uh, church history when I took it many moons ago, before I even knew any of this stuff, uh, that uh, that the center of Christianity just naturally moved when Jerusalem was torn down by the Romans, it went to Antioch, uh, uh, and then later to Rome. Uh, then later it went to, um, I forgot where the other place was, somewhere in Europe. And then it went to New York. Now it's moved to Latin America. Uh, but the way it's presented in uh, um, Rome, Antioch, and Alexandria basically represent the three uh, divisions of Christianity uh, uh, that, that developed. Uh, the, the cities of uh, Alexandria, uh, uh, Antioch, but then it that moved to Constantinople, uh, which is now Istanbul, uh, and Rome. Then uh, when the church split in the year 1054 uh, between east and west, well, Alexandria was still there, uh, but a lot of people had problems with the Coptic Christians. Egyptian Christians. Uh, that's Alexandria, Egypt, the city in Egypt. Um, where a big university was, where the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament, was written. Uh, and then Rome became the head of it. Uh, but see, each one of these cities had a. The Greek word was popa, meaning father. Uh, he was the leader of the church for that area. And uh, the Pope of Rome, the Pope of Rome, uh, declared himself to be the head of all of them. Oh. And, that, and that caused a, a rift in the church between east and west. And uh, that's how the Roman Catholics got started. But they followed the Pope of Rome instead of the Pope of the major city that they were from. But then, again, church history is another subject. It's not necessarily 
Actually, we are going to get into some church history in just a little bit when we get to the, on the next page here. Um, Pope Gregory's calendar uh, replaced Yahweh's calendar. And our world uses the Gregorian calendar today. That is the calendar that everybody uses. Instead of saying that, uh, instead of people saying that today is the fourth day of Tishrei, everybody says it's the sixth day of October. Right. So, um, and then uh, they'll say it's the sixth day of October and then calculate back somehow or another to find out what it is on the Jewish calendar. Uh, and even the Jewish calendar is off by two days. Uh, today really should be Tishrei 8, uh, Tishrei 6. Because uh, the new moon actually occurred on October 1st, this, uh, this last one. Uh, but, but the way... Uh, Shortly after, like in the one or two hundred A.D., um, some Jewish um, mathematician, astronomers, uh, calculated the calendar uh, on through forever. And so uh, the Jews now follow that calendar instead of God's calendar that, he get, that was given in, uh, in Exodus and in Genesis and Exodus. So instead of the month beginning, um, always beginning on the new moon, it begins whenever their calendar says it is. And they will add days here and there because they're foreseeing that uh, some fast day is going to fall on Sabbath and they don't, they don't want to have to skip a fast because they're not allowed to fast on one of the holy days. So the, uh, the Jews' calendar even got off from what the Lord actually told us to do. Which, again, that's another subject. We're not talking about calendars tonight, but that is an item that came up on this, one of the things about replacement theology. How did it happen that we, the Gentiles, without hope, a covenant, a promise, what Ephesians 2.12 says, turned on our spiritual parents, forgetting the debt of love we owe the Jewish people. It is only through Yeshua that we were grafted into the olive tree. That is Romans 11, 17. Uh, It says that if some of the branches were cut off, and you, a wild olive, were grafted in among them and have become equal sharers in the rich root of the olive tree. And then that sentence continues on uh, in the next verse. But they're talking about the, uh, the, uh, building a word picture of uh, the, uh, the, the nation of Israel is an olive tree, and the, uh, the bad ones get broken off by God, and uh, then the uh, Christians were grafted in. The Gentile Christians were grafted in to that tree. 
And Paul says just a little bit later from that, don't get don't don't get haughty, which we have, and that's what replacement theology is. Uh, uh, don't think you're better than the Jews because it would be a whole lot easier to take this wild branch off and put a, a cultivated one back on than it was to put you on in the first place. A lot more likely for the grass to take if it's a, a natural branch. It is only through Yeshua that we were grafted into the olive tree, becoming a, the progeny of Judaism. Dr. David Rausch, author of A Legacy of Hatred, states, Christianity was and is the child of Judaism. Jewish Christianity developed in Judea during the apostolic period, the period of time that the apostles were alive, and was considered by the Romans to be a sect of Judaism. But the Jews considered it a sect of Judaism as well. It was called the Way of the Nazarene. And um, the word Nazarene, which literally means uh, Nazarene or, or native of, of Nazareth, the town of Nazareth, uh, that, that's what they called the Christians. They weren't called Christians until later, much later. Replacement theology is rooted in deception. Satan, um, Satan sought to turn new believers against the Jewish people, instigating anti-Semitism. With the death of the apostles, the temple destroyed and the Jews scattered, Satan saw his opportunity. The new Gentile leaders were bereft of Hebraic teaching, so this was his optimum time. As with Eve, he was able to invade their mind realm, persuading them that the Eternal One was finished with the Jews and that they were the new Israel. Uh, one of Maryland's teaching is that Eve is a picture of the church. Uh, and the fact that she rejected her covering, that is Adam, and uh, decided for herself to listen to the uh, serpent and take from the tree, uh, that, that is a picture of uh, the Christians, the Gentile Christians, rejecting their covering of Torah. Uh, and as a result, the church has been in error ever since. And is just, in the last few years, started to get back to it, started uh, there's uh, a lot of people, not just Maryland, uh, but there are a lot of uh, major Bible teachers that are turning back to Torah. Some of them become what I would call Judaizers. They go too far, demanding that we fulfill all of the law, which uh, Paul says in Galatians we can't do. And it was never intended for us to do it. Historical overview, replacement Very theology. Good. Yes, ma'am? What's oh, that? no, no, go ahead. Uh, historical overview, replacement theology, supersessionism. The origin and pattern of this deceptive ideology can be clearly seen through the historical lens of the seven assemblies 
of Revelation 2 and 3, the, uh, um, the, the letters to the seven churches from John in, uh, in Revelation 2 and 3, uh, they are a picture of church history. The first period of church history, from that point of view, is called the Ephesus period. And it went from um, the death of Jesus, the first, uh, the Pentecost, the upper room, the giving of the Holy Spirit, through about 100 A.D. These dates are actually kind of fluid because, uh, as you know, nothing ever happens suddenly. Very seldom do you ever have a sudden change in thought patterns and stuff. So around 100 A.D. This was the first assembly to begin abandoning their love for our fathers to break the Jewish ways. From the various assemblies, Gentiles now outnumbered Jewish believers. When the Jewish apostles died, Gentiles from Greek pagan backgrounds assumed leadership. It was under this new leadership that a turning away from Hebraic exegesis of Scripture would first occur. Uh, they didn't interpret the scripture quite the same because they didn't know Torah as well as the, as the apostles did. In the book, Anguish of the Jews, Father Edward Flannery explains how the temple destruction of 70 AD impacted this misguided shift. The Gentile Christians interpreted the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem as a sign that God had abandoned the Judaism, that he had provided the Gentiles freedom to develop their own Christian theology in a setting free from Jerusalem's influence. It is important to understand the change because it influenced the early church fathers to make anti-Jewish statements. One of the striking examples of early church leadership founding anti-Semitic, anti-Hebraic sentiment can be found in Ignatius of Antioch, who lived from uh, A.D. 67 to 100. Elaborating on the misconceptions surrounding Ignatius' spiritual roots, Andrew Roth, author of the Aramaic English New Testament, points out Ignatius was considered an auditor and disciple of the Apostle John. Although he never met John personally, nor studied under him, Ignatius, in fact, pioneered the Greek-based Christian religion. In Ignatius' epistle to the Magnesians, uh, he very clearly contests the seventh-day Shabbat. He sees those who observe Shabbat as putting in hooks of vain doctrine whereas his Sunday doctrine is held as supreme. The authority of changing the seventh-day Shabbat to the Sunday is clearly that of Ignatius. Ignatius also stated, if anyone celebrates the Passover along with the Jews or receives emblems of their feast, he is a partaker of those that killed the Lord and his apostles. Or if anyone preaches Judaism to you, pay no attention to him. These malicious views were transferred from thought to policy as the church began its drift away from Hebraic 
heritage. The second period in the church age is uh, identified by the Church of Smyrna, the second one, and it's from around 100 A.D. to 313. That's more appropriate to put the A.D. in front instead of after. Uh, B.C. goes after the date. A.D. should go before. A.D. Is, stands for the Latin uh, Anno Dominus, Dominus, which means uh, in the year of our Lord. Uh, so that would have to be read in the year of our Lord, the 100th through the 313. But that's an aside, sort of. But everybody does it this way, and like everything else in the history of humans, things change, and it just doesn't make any difference. So you can get it wherever you want to. Uh, This age, um, this period of church history, are you saying something? No, no, no. I was just thinking out loud, like, you know, every does everything does change. Um, it does change uh, with with new leadership. Uh, you know, they get rid of the old rules and put in new ones that they feel are more fit. Uh, it changes, like with our government. What went before may change now, like before, where homosexuality was not even considered. Now it's it's an okay practice. So, I mean, things do change, and sometimes it doesn't change for the better. Sometimes it changes for the worse, but then there's other times where it do change for the better. Uh, right. it, it Change comes. Change comes. And right. unfortunately, even with the Word of God, that even in the translation, changes came. Um, some of the names got mixed up. Some of the genders got mixed up because some of the the gender names that might have been a female was changed into male because that was the uh, that that was the particulars at that time. Right. While anti-Jewish seeds were first sown at Ephesus, they were nurtured in the assembly assembly at Smyrna because these early Gentile church fathers were recent converts from Greek pagan background, they lacked vital Hebraic understanding needed to approach a correct exegesis of Scripture. Exegesis is just a big word for study, how you, how you uh, dig into it. Gentile leaders began spiritualizing the biblical text and applying an allegorical interpretation. It is in this era that Gentile church father Marcion uh, living from 110 to 160, introduced the terms Old and New Testament. Roth explained in the Aramaic English New Testament, Marcion taught, Moses enforced the Jewish Sabbath and law, but Jesus freed believers from both. As such, Ephesus and Smyrna established the foundation for holding the church as the new Israel. Thus deceived, the church became Satan's instrument to inflict untold suffering on the Jewish people in his attempt to annihilate them. The next period um, within the church age 
um, is uh, identified through Pergamum, the year is 313-3606. It's also called the Imperial Age of the Church, or the Constantinian Era. In the Imperial Age of the Church, the Constantinian Era reigned. Constantine is widely regarded as the first Christian emperor of Rome, but the darker elements of his reign are rarely exposed. Constantine made Christianity the official religion of Rome, effectively marrying the church and state. Constantine's own anti-Semitic views seeped into Roman protocol. Jews were forbidden from living in Jerusalem, banned from the Nicene Council, and the Jewish festival of Passover firstfruits was replaced with a pagan date honoring a Babylonian fertility goddess uh, Ishtar. Or Easter. Or, called Easter in Eastern European, Europe. Or Astarte in Canaan. Or Asherah. The, church, the, uh, the letter to the Church of Thyatira describes the, the next church, next period of church history. Uh, and it covers uh, six, uh, around 606 to 1517. Uh, this ushers in the Papacy Age. Uh, it was during this time that the church split. The church split in 1054. And that's brought on the Dark Ages. When the church turned from Messiah's finished work to self-effort, religious ceremonies, and sacrifices, it is during this horrific period that Christian persecution of the Jewish people became a regular practice. The church issued 16 cruel edicts against the Jews from 306 to 1215 including burning of the Talmud, which is the most holy book next to uh, the Tanakh, the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, they, they consider it to have a little bit less authority because it didn't come directly from God. It's like a commentary. Marking Jewish clothing with a badge that was reinstated during the Holocaust in, in Europe under Hitler. And the segregation of Jews into designated ghettos. That's the original meaning of the word ghetto was Jewish section of the city. And they forced the Jews to stay there. They wouldn't let them move out. They wouldn't let them pretty much made them stay there all the time. Isn't that amazing? It's just amazing how people can just take somebody's life and do what they want with it. To force them into a ghetto and then tell them, oh, no, you can't leave. You have to stay in this, this, this place of desolation. It's just not good, <laughs> you know. It is not. 
And then the first thing they want to fear is that they'll come together and rise up against them, and then they want to start killing them off. I mean, really, <laughs> it's just not logical. Right. Further acts committed against the Jews included accusations of deicide, um, Christ killer, blood libel, um, they accused them of using blood in their Passover ceremonies, uh, blood of Christians, killing Christians and using their blood, uh, which was more likely for the Christians to do than the, the Jews, because the Jews don't have anything to do with blood. And we have communion. Uh, they blame them for the Black Death, the plague that hit, wiped out a lot of Europe. Crusaders were given leave to rob Jews, murder the household, and rape their wives and daughters under a blanket statement of forgiveness granted by the Pope. The Crusades were originally a response of the, from the West of the East, talking about the Eastern Church, uh, the Eastern Orthodox, uh, after the church split between the uh, Orthodox and the Catholic, uh, between East and West, uh, and the Muslim, the Muslims started growing, and uh, they started they started persecuting the Christians that lived there and trying to wipe them out, like they're still doing. Uh, and they made a call to the West. They, they they asked the Pope to come and help them. And that was when the crusade started. They were going to help, but uh, they were going to free uh, Jerusalem, uh, free uh, Constantinople, which is now Istanbul and Turkey. Um, that was the head of the Eastern Church. The most sort of the head, they, they didn't, they didn't have a head like a pope. They had a uh, regional head, and then they, they all those regional heads got together and uh, to decide as a group. They would decide how the church would function. But uh, uh, they also uh, went to free Jerusalem from the. Uh, from the, the from the Muslims and uh, for the Jewish Christians, I mean for for the uh, Christians in Jerusalem. Uh, but on the way, they started killing Jews because they had killed Christ. And the Pope either looked away or blessed them for it. It wasn't their orders; it never was their orders to go against the Jews. But they did. And uh, so the Crusades are another thing that has another reason for the Jews to hate Christians. Uh, the Spanish Inquisition also took place in this era where the suffering of the Jews would, be, would not be equaled again until the time of Adolf Hitler. 
the Inquisition was, uh, that was actually the beginning of the Jesuit branch of Catholicism. Uh, and they were militant for Christ. And uh, under the blessing of the church, again, they would go anywhere and capture people who weren't followers of Christ and, uh, and tell them, what followers of the Pope, and tell them, uh, even if they're a Christian, if they weren't followers of the Pope, they didn't consider them Christian. And uh, they say, uh, convert or we'll kill you. And that was done a lot to the Jews. So a lot of Jews were slaughtered during that time. The next period of uh, church history, um, 1517 to 1648, marks the Reformation era. The great reformer, Martin Luther, awakened the church to the biblical truth, the just shall live by faith. Both his boldness and commitment are impressive and marred only by his vitriolic um, or hatred writing against the Jewish people. Luther went so far as to suggest burning Jew Jewish synagogues, schools, and homes in his treatise on the Jews and their lives. Centuries later, Hitler fueled and propagated his hatred toward the Jewish people, using Martin Luther's name and writings to justify his mania for the final solution. In Constantine's sword, James Carroll quotes John Levinson, Nowhere does Christianity betray its indebtedness to Judaism more than in its supersessionism. The church you father, know, I never knew where Hitler got it from. I always wondered where he did. Like, oh my God. I, now that I know, I'm just like, ugh. It takes a psychopath to, to, rule, to, to fuel a psychopath. Yeah. The Church Fathers and Luther demonstrate that as one departs from eternal ones from the eternal ones, great ways and chosen people, deception, anti Semitism, and unjustified hatred increase exponentially. The next period of church history, the Philadelphia Church Age, 1648 and 1900, the Spirit calls forth scholars who insist on a literal exegesis of Scripture. They're beginning to move back to, to, to being correct. Their interpretations shined light on the prophecies that Abraham's descendants would be regathered to their homeland and Israel restored to a national status. Interestingly, we see that when Israel is honored as it should be, great revivals and moves of the Spirit begin springing up in Gentile Christian countries. Justifying the axiom, as Israel goes, so goes the world. We are truly linked by the supernatural ties to the land and the people of Yahweh. Um, it was during this period that the uh, 
the, the three great awakenings, uh, worldwide revivals came about. The last period of church history, uh, represented by Laodicea, 1900 to today. In this period, the, uh, and actually it goes until Messiah comes back to take the righteous out. In this era, the greatest blight on the 20th century will occur. Fueled by the rampant anti-Semitism in the church, the Holocaust will result in the extermination of nearly 6 million Jews. Rabbi Joseph Polushkin and historian Dennis Prager state, Christianity did not create the Holocaust. Indeed, Nazism was anti-Christian. But it made it possible Without Christian anti-Semitism, the Holocaust would have been inconceivable. It would have never happened. The suffering of the Jews in this genocide propelled an appeal for the creation of a state that the Jewish people could call home. Thus, on May 14, 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel occurred. Fulfilling the scriptural prophecies in Isaiah 66 and others. Um, President Truman was the first um, Western world leader to sign that treaty that created the nation of Israel, the UN resolution. Wow. And his being from Independence, Missouri, makes the people of Kansas City proud. (laughs) (laughs) He was from Independence? Get out of here. Uh, That's where he and his wife live. His wife, uh, well, they lived in Grandview, too. Uh, they had a farm, the Truman Farm. He lived, before they got married, he lived in Grandview on the Truman Farm, which is now the shopping center there. Uh, but uh, uh, he was born in Lamar, Missouri, down uh, uh, about halfway to uh, Arkansas from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Now, that is amazing. In light of all that is revealed, what would our Father have us do? The scriptures are clear. We are called to humble ourselves and repent. Revelation 2, 5. Right. Uh, well, actually, that's First Chronicles uh, 7, 14. But it's Revelation 2, 5 says, uh, well, 2, 4 says, you have left your first love. Uh, therefore, repent and do the things that you did at first. Right. The word, the word repent literally means rethink. Change your mind. Change the way you think. Uh, change your mindset. And so... 
true repentance has to come from God. Because it's really hard for us to change our mind about something that is ingrained in us. Some may argue, neither I nor my church have committed these offenses. I have said that. How are we culpable for these wrongdoings? How are we at fault? We must face two realities. That there is only one body of Messiah of which we are all a part. And that these enormous injustices were done in his name. That is what the Jewish people know and have experienced. As such, there are certain steps we must take to repair this egregious breach. We are called to repent for our ignorance and our apathy regarding past atrocities committed in the name of Christ against the Jewish people. We are called to repent of supersessionism, the sin of theft. Actually, it is theft. It goes to removing the boundaries. Moving them from from the Jewish law to uh, the Christian code of ethics in the church. Um, this proclaims the church as new Israel. We are called to respond to the six grievances enumerated from our Father's heart. That is a series of teachings and work that uh, uh, that Marion, Marilyn Griffin did. Uh, I can't remember them, but it's based on that uh, You've left your first love. Uh, we have uh, our eyes are scaled to the uh, to the to, to Israel and and, uh, and the Jewish ways. Uh, our hands are stained with the blood of Jews. Uh, I can't remember them all now, but. Uh, that's a series of, uh, of lessons that uh, Marilyn had. And I don't have the notes from that in front of me, and I don't have it memorized either. We are to seek ways of restitution that we might express our sincerity to our family, the Jewish people, to whom we owe everything that we possess spiritually. Romans 9, 4. Uh, is the people of Israel. They were made God's children, the Shekinah, uh, the holy presence of God, has been with them. The covenants are theirs. Likewise, the giving of the Torah, the temple service, and the promises. Let us seek our Father's mercy and forgiveness for the past and present, that we might be an instrument of blessing to the glory and praise of his name demonstrating that our Savior has not died in vain. That's the end of that article. Uh, Any questions, comments? No, this was 
you know, I know in our last Teshuvah book, we kind of focused on the, the seven churches. And to see this laid out like this was very good. I really appreciated this uh, text today. And for you giving that extra part of that history, uh, I wasn't aware of some of the things that was happening. But I guess, you know, we live live in a world where we literally just choose to be blind to things that are around us. Right. Until until we are made aware of it, we walk and live constantly in ignorance. And I just I I just want to thank God for Him no longer allowing me to be ignorant. He said, "My people perish for lack of knowledge. It's that lack of knowledge that keeps getting us into trouble. If we know more, we know how to do more and do better. We right. can't do better if we don't know how to." Uh, speaking of appreciating that, I meant to tell you that the other night when I was just listening in, uh, as when I was uh, on my way home from Walmart, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I really appreciated uh, the teaching that you gave. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember what it was now, but... Uh, <laughs> I just feel like I ramble on and on and on and on for some reason, but I do the best I can, considering I don't have your your, your scholar. <laughs> I don't have your education, but I do the best I can. Well, I enjoyed it, and Roberta did, did too. She was sitting beside me there in the, in the van, and at first she said, don't get on the phone in the car. <laughs> and then she started listening. She started enjoying it. Really? Yes. And I was sitting down tonight. The pastor I go to the church, I was just started going to their church. And he was saying how much he loves my singing. Don't get me wrong, I know I can sing. I can sing a little bit. You know, I'm not, you know, Beyonce or anybody famous like that, but, I, you know, I know I can sing. But he was, like, really focused in on my singing. And I was, I, I, I almost felt annoyed with it because I, I said to him, there's more to me than me just singing. I teach. I love to teach. You're trying to Stick me on a praise and worship team, and I'm a teacher. I I, I can teach. So he he says, yeah, but your singing is going to open the door for your teaching. So he frustrated me to the point where I just closed my mouth and let him continue to talk about it. And he just really wanted to run home that I needed to teach singing, and I don't know the clue about teaching singing. Amen. So I just said, God. I thank you right now. I appreciate that. Glory be to God that you allow me, amen, to even sing to for this pastor to appreciate. So I will go on Sunday, but if he kind of makes a big deal out of it, 
I I will let him know that I won't return because it's it's sometimes people try to put you in their box. Amen. Right. And they try to put you in a box, and yet, amen, glory be to God. And I just said, you know what? It's all right. It is all right. So God is good, and I'm just thankful. So I just want to uh, let's go on over to the prayer, the prayer session, and thank you once again for that. That just reaffirmed that I knew that I was, I, I needed to stand my ground. Amen. Glory be to God on who I am. Amen. So thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Amen. All right. So now we're going over to our prayer session. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And once again, I'm turning this back over to Pastor Moore. Today is the fifth day of the week. We call it Thursday, uh, which is Thursday, day to honor the God Thor. Um, the fourth day of Tishrei, the year 5777 from creation. October 6th. Uh, year of our Lord, 2016. Day 34 of our Teshuvah period, the repentance period, praying for repentance, praying that we can repent, that we can change our way of life. For the grace to change our way of life that we decide to do. Repentance is a decision that we make in our hearts, and God gives us the grace to carry it out. Uh, Today we will repent for accepting the errors of the Gentile leaders' teaching. Uh, Matthew 5, 17 and 18 says, Think not that I came to destroy the law or, or destroy Torah, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for tonight's teshuva. Thank you for tonight's teaching, God. Father, to learn more of you, to learn more of your Torah. Father, to learn where we have fallen away from you and Father, even thanking you for learning about how to get our way back towards you. Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, Father, right now, I thank you that we no longer can walk in ignorance and error, but, Father, that now we walk in upright and correction, God, as we continue to repent for where we've fallen, God, for where we have been misunderstood, God, or where we have misunderstood the word of God and, and considering the Torah, God. So, Father, right now, I, I, I pray right now, not just for myself, but for Dr. Slaughter and her family, God and her members, hallelujah, for those that are laboring with her, next to her, under her, 
beyond her, God. Father, I thank you for them at this point, God. And, Father, I even for in divine ministries. Father, stretch forth your hands amongst in divine ministry leaders. Touch each and every one of them. Father, open up a door for them that they get hunger and thirst, hallelujah, for their acknowledgement of what's going on with Israel, God. Father, let there be an awakening. Let there be the trumpet call that they hear, whether it's in their sleep or in their wake. Father, let something shake them to a point where they understand that they must get up and pray for Israel, that they must lean into Israel, that they must learn more about Israel. I thank you for that right now. Touch them right now. In your son, Yeshua's name, amen. Our scriptures come from Deuteronomy 18, 18 to the 20th verse. And it states, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee. And I will put my words in his mouth, and they shall speak unto them. And all that I shall command him. Amen. And it shall come to pass that whatever Whoever, whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak my name, I will require of him. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak words in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that he shall speak in the name of other gods, it, even that prophet shall die. Ooh. Matthew five seventeen through 19, amen. Think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one title shall no one wise pass from the law till, it, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You know, glory be to God. I love teaching. Amen. Luke 21 and 33 states, amen, glory be to God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Amen. And then we got Acts 20, 28 to 30. Amen. He says, take heed therefore unto yourselves and all that flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not Bearing the flock, also of your own selves, men shall arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. May God add a blessing to his reading of his most holy word. Father, we pray that you will speak to us tonight. Show us. What do you want us to say in your word as we speak to you? So we, we, we worship you, we bow down before you, we 
surrender of their being to you, to your Lordship. Amen. Amen. Do you want to play a song? Or do you want to go off? Oh, 
by Donald Lawrence. Amen. Glory be to God. Somebody looking for a blessing from the Lord today. Amen. Glory be to God. I'm turning this back over to Pastor Moore. Amen. Yes. Uh, return to confession and repentance for ourselves. Uh, those under our leadership, our family, Wherever we exert authority, we believe in one. We enter the courts of heaven. Our Father, Yahweh, Elohim, our righteous judge, we humbly enter your court in the name of Yeshua, and by his blood to confess and repent for myself and my family for the sin of accepting the errors of Gentile leaders' teachings. I renounce all evil influences associated with this sinner. Please remove all accusations and curses brought against myself and my family for the sin I am confessing. Amen. And Father, I continue to add uh, glory be to God, add the slaughter family, add the slaughter ministry, add in divine ministry. Father, we all repent. We all confess that we did accept the Gentile teachings. We 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 accepted it as so, in error for not knowing the true word and the true knowledge, God. Uh, I said it before, and I'll continue to say it again. Your people shall perish for lack of knowledge. And God, right now, I thank you that you are... It, uh, opening up knowledge to us so we no longer will have that opportunity to perish any longer. In your son Yeshua's name, amen. Mm-hmm. 
and turning to the to the church, uh, the local assembly, the leadership. We pray for pastors and leaders that they may perceive Jesus' word. He did not come to abolish Torah teachings, law, but to give grace to walk them out. He said Torah would remain as long as heaven and earth exist. Amen. John 1 and 17 states, For the law was given by Moses, but the grace and the truth came by Jesus Christ. And Matthew 5, 17 through 19 states, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot, one title shall no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do them, teach them, the same shall be called the great in the kingdom of heaven. So, Father, I pray, amen that the teachings that the leaders are giving, including myself, including uh, the leaders of End Divine, glory be to God, that, Father, that we believe that this word of the Torah, hallelujah, was not, Jesus did not come to destroy or abolish the Torah teachings or the laws, God, but he come to fulfill them. We got to understand this fulfillment of the Torah, God. So, Father, right now, open up the hearts and minds of our leaders today that they may see the Torah as not something that is just for the Jews, but something that the Gentiles can also embrace. In your son Yeshua's name, amen. We repent for believers failing to discern error, beginning in Ephesus. In Acts 20, verses 17 and 29. Acts 20, 17. What is going on? It's right here. Okay. Is that 17 through 29 or 7, Acts 20, 17, and Acts 20 and... and Seven, uh, verses 17 and 29, not three. Okay. Why didn't go through? That's why. Praise God. 
and for those who are listening in the archives, we just had to correct an error. Amen. There we go. Acts 20 and 17. And from the mildest, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Acts 20, 20 and 29. For this I know, for I know this. After my departing shall grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. Amen. Then called leader, Ignatius, taught believers in A.D. 90 to turn from Sabbath and Passover, thus abrogating, doing away with the Torah, pointing to and fulfilling Messiah's correction of Revelation 2.4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Our Father, we confess and repent that Christians fail to know history. We made tradition our plumb line rather than your word. Please forgive us and help us return to your Torah truth. Father, I confess. I confess for my ignorance of the Torah still. Father, I, I, I'm now taking the steps to embrace the Torah, and, Father, not be uh, overwhelmed by the words and not understanding them. Father, understanding the translations, God, and, and, and Father, I, I just repent for, for being afraid of touching the Torah and not being worthy. Amen. I repent for not even wanting to be in the vicinity of a Torah, Father, thinking that I had nothing in common with the Jewish people. Father, I did not believe or understand that I had anything to do with Judaism. And, Father, yet even as I look back over my life, I see you put me in the places in front of the Jews. You you had me at a job where they were coming to me constantly, I was working at a bank, and, and they were talking to me as I was a friend. And, and, God, I didn't understand then that you was trying to open a relationship, amen, Jew and Gentile together. Father, I intercede for those who don't understand the Torah, don't understand the Torah teachings. I, I, I repent and uh, intercede for those who or maybe fearful as I was in, in not understanding the, the Greek and the Hebrew. God, there's so much to learn. And, Father, even as we had to learn and study our Bible, we should really devour and get into studying our Torah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you for your spirit who gives us discernment and conviction to reject error in all its forms as we begin obeying aura. Thank you, Lord.
Everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take from it. Deuteronomy 12:32. Return to Israel, our Father, during these high holy days. We bless Israel's leaders. We ask you to bless Israel's leaders, to set their hearts to reject all policies that violate your covenant and your Torah. Father, we continue to bless Israel leaders and continue to place their hearts to reject the policies of the, of the current government, God, that, that rejects your laws, that, that don't uh, agree with what the Torah teachings have for your people, God. Amen. We repent for Israelis and believers failing to pray daily for Israel for Jerusalem. We pray that the Jewish people in these days of all experience a deep searching of heart and determine to reject all doctrines that diminish or abolish Torah. Amen. God, I... I thank you that we pray every night for Israel. Amen. And this teaching is included in them. These days are ours. We pray that the Jewish people are, in these days of awe, experience a deep searching of the heart. God, search not just their heart. Search the enemy's heart at this time. Let them fall upon the Torah teachings and, and, and understand that something must change within them. Amen. These are the days of odds where miracle signs and wonders shall come forth that we should not be continuously ignore. Open up hearts and minds today. In your son, Yeshua's name, amen. For corporate meditation and prayer, British Prime Minister Cameron pledged to protect Jews. He proposed an additional $4.4 million a year to provide increased security in the United Kingdom against potential terror attacks on the Jewish people. We thank you, Lord, for government officials who will take a stand for Israel, for the Jews. Acts Acts 17 and 31 states, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom the earth has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 And 52 states, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, 
and we shall be changed. First Thessalonians 4 and 16 states, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and in the dead the Christ shall rise first. Amen. Thank our Father for the Jewish writings that reveal the great significance of Rosh Hashanah, the day of judgment, and Yom Torah, the day of awakening blast. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now for our nation, we pray that our national leaders will have a spiritual awakening to understand that their creator appointed them to serve him and the people of this nation according to his ways as revealed in the Torah and the Tanakh. Daniel 2021. 20, Daniel 2:21 through 22. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings, and he setteth up kings, and giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things, and he knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth within them. Amen. Session, repentance, and intercession. We confess and repent that citizens of this nation reject the Torah. Hence, we lack understanding that these ten high holy days are for personal repentance, that decrees and judgments are written against us may be changed. Father, I want to confess and repent once again. I'm... I'm, I'm in the beginning stages, I'm in my toddler stages of learning about the Torah and the high holy days and understanding what they are about. And God, I, 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 I feel renewed as I feel that something, I am taking something away as I'm starting to teach the bits and pieces that I'm learning about the Torah, about the high holy days. So, Father, I thank you. Thank you for the increase. Amen. We give thanks to the Jewish people and for believers who gather during the days of all to repent and seek our Father's forgiveness and blessing. Father, just giving thanks for the believers. I want to just thank them. Thank you, Father, for forgiving us. Thank you for throwing our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. Father, for them never to return unto us. In Yeshua's name, amen.
And in closing, we worship, we praise, we give thanks. Our Father, thank you for helping Torah believers affect our hearts to choose to be persecuted rather than abrogate your Torah teaching. Amen. Amen. In preparation for day 35, please repost uh, to Shuva 2015, Touchstone Through the Breakthrough. Didn't we just read this, page 17? Yeah, we did just two days ago. Uh, are you going to want to repeat it? or Is there a reason for us to repeat it? Can we move on to the second one? Um, yeah. uh, the first one is, is based on that verse in Revelation 2-4. Uh, I have this against you at forsaking your first love. Uh, yeah. And, the, uh, and our repentance tomorrow is for leaving Torah. Our first love. It's related to the, the the prayers are related to that topic, but we just got through reading it a couple of days ago. So my personal feeling, unless you want to use, to to have it on the recording, that we can uh, that we can uh, get the reading tomorrow. Or oh, I, you know what? Yeah. I don't know if it's on the recording. Do we record it? Yes. Hold on. Uh, we want to thank you once again for checking in to In the Vine Ministries. Amen with Pastor James A. Moore. We want to thank him and bless him for tonight's teachings. And I just want to say thank you for all of you listeners out there. I see that you're checking in into the archives, and I truly appreciate it. And we do thank you once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you once again for the listeners of In the Vine Ministries to the call. Amen. Glory be to God. Father, continue to bless them. Father, continue to lift them up. And Father, continue to move upon them, to gravitate towards Israel, to learn more about them. And Father, to add it into their teachings. Father, add it into their understandings. Open up their hearts and minds. And, Father, we want to say thank you for all things. In your son, Yeshua's name, amen, and thank you.